Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. With myself, Jackie Peterson, now part of the Decent Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to do a two-part podcast today as joining me in segment number two, Justin Perry. He does amazing work over at Shock Quality Bets. We're going to be asking his reaction to Hunter Dickinson going to Kansas. But on top of that, we're also going to be posing to him the question, how much can one player move the line slash have an impact on the line? Because there's a saying in college basketball to where a player can only affect a line by a maximum of five points. I'm going to present why this is not true and might not necessarily be entirely true with Hunter Dickinson just because of the level of competition that he is playing at, but that is part of it as well. So I'm going to be diving into that philosophical little bit of debate and also going to be asking him on top of Kansas some of the other schools that have been really impressing him in terms of moves that they have made. In segment number one, we're going to be taking a look at some of the latest news and notes that we've gotten in college basketball as Barani James has decided upon his home, so we're going to have a lot of fun with it, as if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNNRS41. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. And let's dive into what we saw on Saturday with the biggest piece of news being the fact that Bronny James decided that he is going to be going to USC. This is very big for USC, to say the least, as they've taken some losses in the offseason. They no longer have re-sticks and waters. After 100 million billion years, I believe that Drew Peterson is out of eligibility. They lost Trey White, who, by the way, he went to Louisville, and that's a very good gift for Louisville. I will touch upon that in a minute, but for USC, they were holding out, trying to be able to get Bronny James, as it had been a little bit of a quiet offseason for them. They really haven't added anything in the transfer portal, but being able to get Bronny James, who was rated by On3 Sports as the number 23 overall prospect in class, number 3 combo guard, doesn't quite have the size and strength of his father quite yet, but certainly I do think that he is going to be able to make a big impact. This is good for them. Obviously, he's going to get a lot of NIL money. He's going to be bringing a lot of eyeballs over to USC basketball, but I think that he's going to be solid. I would like to see him maybe improve that three-point shot a little bit because unlike LeBron James and, well, I mean, if we're going to be trying to compare him to LeBron James, it's going to be very, very rough on Bronny James, but 
I do think that he needs to have a little bit more of a jumper just because he does have a little bit less size, so he's going to have a bit of a different game than his father, but still. I do think that this is absolutely massive for USC. I expect him to be getting starts right away for this team, making big contributions as a freshman. So there is that. You saw Trey White, who I just mentioned a minute ago. He was at USC last season. He was a top 50 recorder currently at 247 Sports. He has decided that he is going to be going to Louisville. And this is absolutely massive for Louisville. A bunch of, they still need guard play. They had really one guard last year in Al Ellison. They lost him in the transfer portal as he decided that he was going to be going to Arkansas. But with Trey White, relatively good versatility, right around six foot six. Not a guy that's really going to be able to do out the ball or anything like that, which that's the big thing for Louisville. But you take a look at what they've been able to haul in this offseason, and it's been relatively solid. They also got Sky Clark. He comes in from Illinois. Still think that you need a little bit more in terms of his backcourt than Sky Clark, or else he's going to be this year's L. Ellis. But with Mr. White, he was able to give the team nine points, five boards per contest last season. Six foot seven, he does need to improve his three point shooting. Only shot about 26.5% from three point range a season ago, but I do think that this is very much a step in the right direction for Louisville. This is certainly a step in the right direction for Southeast Missouri State. They're going to be picking up Braxton Stecker. He was playing over at Murray State last season for Mr. Stecker. He was not able to stack up too many wins while he was at Murray State, unfortunately, but and he was a top 300 guard from a season ago. Someone who had six foot four is able to pop threes relatively well. I do like his overall upside. I think that he helps out a Southeast Missouri State team that was very much playing up tempo last season. The Southeast Missouri State, they do need more guys. They're able to just create their own shot as well. And I do think for Southeast Missouri State, they're going to need a little bit more rebounding as well. Sacker at 6'5 should be able to give them a little bit of rebounding, but that's still something that they're going to need to address here in the offseason. But being able to get someone like that, I think is going to be beneficial for them. New Mexico State, they're looking to just pretty much rebuild everything because last year things were a little bit less than savory when your school is getting shut down over hazing. You know that it's not necessarily going their way, but with New Mexico State, lots of transfers are coming into the program, and now they get Kau Azugi, who they had a little bit of familiarity with because last season they were playing against them in the whack at Sam Houston State. Inside that he is heading to New Mexico State. For New Mexico State, it's actually been a very good haul for them. They bring in someone like Jalen Jackson Posey, along with Brandon Suggs. A pair of guys that are able to create their own shot. Clarence Jackson, I remember, being a relatively highly touted Juco guy as well. And with Azugi, he began his career at UTEP, spent some time at Kansas State, and this last year at Sam Houston State, put up solid numbers, 5.5 points, 4 boards. He was a part of a whole career than some of its parts. Sort of approach with them, but at 6'5", 255, he's able to clog up the paint. This is going to be nice for a New Mexico State team that you got to feel like they're just going to be looking to turn over a new leaf in general. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong for them last season, and being able to rebuild around the guys that they have brought in, I do think is going to work out for them. Robert Allen, he has been a well-traveled gentleman, began his career over at Sam Amford, played the last three seasons at Ole Miss. He is back for season number six, and he is going to be heading to North Texas. This last year, 
Only put up about four and a half points, three and a half boards per contest. Wasn't able to shoot 35 and a half percent from three, but for his career, only about a 28 percent three point shooter. With North Texas, you got to figure that they're going to be playing a little bit more up tempo this season. But I take a look at Allen and what he was able to do in his two years at Sanford. Those two years at a little bit of a lower level of basketball, 12 points, a steal, a block, seven and a half rebounds per game. I think that he could be an instant impact guy for this North Texas team. Be able to help them out down low because they did lose Abdu Usman, their main front court player from a season ago. So they needed to go out and replace him. I thought that they did a solid job of being able to do so. Kobe Knox, the last season was at Grand Canyon and in pretty much year number one for him because he had redshirt the 2021-22 season. He was solid. He shot 41% from three, six foot five, a little bit of a do-it-all player that was able to give the team five and a half points per contest. He has decided that he is going to be going to South Florida. South Florida under Amir Abdul-Rahim has brought in some relatively solid guys. He's bringing with him a trio of guys that were a part of him when he was coaching over at Kennesaw State and led them to the NCAA tournament. And I do think that this is going to work out for them because Knox, towards back half of the season, was able to put up some really nice performances. In the last 15 games of the season, he became a starter after he was coming in off the bench. And in those final 15 games of the season, shot 45.9% from three-point range, Right around six points, two assists, and a block per contest. So he's able to do a lot of things very well. It was just sort of a little bit of a misfit part. It felt like while he was at Grand Canyon. So I do think that his impact is going to be very good for this team. We also saw Jamar Franklin. He was playing over at South Alabama last season. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. Not a guy who was able to make too much of an impact this last year. Four and a half points per contest, but does have a good jump shot. Is able to shoot about 35.5%. From three-point range, so I do think that there are going to be plenty of suitors that are going to be looking to bring him in. And Tulsa was able to get a relatively solid player from the junior college ranks as they bring in Jared Garcia, someone who at six foot eight was able to shoot 43% from three-point range this last season over at Salt Lake City Community College. That's one of the better junior college schools. They're going to find 11.8 points per contest. Was able to chip in there a little bit over a block per contest. Seven rebounds per game. So Tulsa looking to go a little bit more of the junior college route. I don't think that it's the worst approach for them to take. So we're going to be taking a look at all this and so much more. But right now it has college basketball buzzing. That would be Kansas. Hunter Dickinson, what does he mean to Kansas? What can we expect from them moving forward? And just what is the value of one specific college basketball player? How much can they move the line? That's what we're going to be talking about next with Justin Perry over at Chalk Quality Bets. On the flip side, on Coast to Coast Hoops, with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of Jason Family Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do every line curve and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right don't miss it mark your calendars and be the first to see it march 20th at 7 p.m eastern only on iHeartRadio's youtube channel save the date at new-qx80.com 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. And over at BetterHelp, they're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much. So hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said, Therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Back here in Las Vegas for Soups with myself, Greg Ips Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Justin Perry does absolutely amazing work over at Shock Quality Bets. Even though the college basketball season is not going on, I know that these guys do an amazing job with the NBA if you're looking a lot on the player prop front. They've been doing a great job there, but I know that Justin is working on getting things all set for the 2023-24 season as we've seen a lot of craziness here in the offseason, and he's doing a great job of keeping up with all the hoopla, and you're able to follow him on Twitter 
at Justin Perry, the number eight. Last name is spelled P-E-R-R-I altogether. And Justin, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, it is always a pleasure to join the show. I love talking hoops. Doesn't matter if it's May, November, you know, mid-February. It's just really exciting to break down the game. I feel like, you know, this is one of the sports where you always have a great chance to be ahead of the market find insights and and dig into data more than other people because it's just such a massive sport, right? 300 plus teams, thousands and thousands of players just gives you a really good chance to pick some really good spots to try to make some money. Oh, it absolutely does. And we saw a massive move happen over the last 48 to 72 hours. That, of course, will be Hunter Dickinson. He decides that he is transferring from Michigan and he's heading on over to Kansas. And I thought Kansas was going to be a solid team to start with. We know that Phil Self well, he does a tremendous job over there at Lawrence. But what did you make out of the move in general, and how does it affect your view of Kansas? Because I thought to begin with they were already going to be a relatively solid team. Now you had someone who's seven foot one is able to pop threes, and in my opinion, might be one of the most impactful transfers in the history of college basketball. Yeah, this is no small move. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I think it, it continues to push the aggressiveness of teams in the portal. And I know there's a lot of takes about the portal and all that, but I think that, you know, in terms of making college basketball like great, it's going to be fun to have teams being aggressive in this transfer window for years to come because of guys like Hunter Dickinson going to a massive team, potentially creating what you might call a college basketball super team. I mean, I know the odds have definitely reflected that. We saw Kansas drop from about 22 to 1 all the way to 12 to 1 now at the time of recording, which is, I mean, pretty significant. A lot of talk about how the pick and roll for this Kansas offense is going to honestly be rather unstoppable. The odds have them, you know, right up there with the rest of these blue bloods that are really dominating the top of the poll right now with Duke and Connecticut and Kentucky. I'm excited to see how it goes. I think it's definitely going to be one of the most formidable front courts in college, but we just finished up the tournament, what, about a month ago, right? And we saw how important guard play is. So while Kansas definitely should have a big jump here because of how effective Hunter Dickinson is, it's not like he led Michigan on his own and put the team on his back and got them to an elite eight run, right? He's going to need effective guard play, healthy guard play to really help him take advantage of his new home. I do think so. And I do think that he has that though. With Dewan Harris, he was able to be a very good pass first guy. And I do think that this is a really good situation for him. As shown to be on the podcast, we do have Justin Perry because also take a look at a transfer, Nicholas Timberlake, which I do think that maybe there's a little bit too much being made out of that transfer. He's a nice shooter, but at the same time, I don't see him going from the CAA and being some sort of a massive score out there in the Big 12, but just being able to add that shooting, being able to add a little bit of depth in general, I do think is big for Kansas, but I do think that this was a really good situation for Hunter Dickinson going to a team as relatively solid on defense because that was really the one knock that I had on him, and really the entirety of the Michigan Wolverines last two years is that even though they wouldn't give up a lot of points, that was merely because they were playing slowly. Just because you don't give up a ton of points doesn't mean that you're a great defense. I thought that Michigan was exhibit A, and being able to go over to a bunch like Kansas, I think is going to be able to mess some of the defects and then accent some of the things that he does really well. No doubt. I'm definitely with you on all of that. He is just super efficient cutting to the rim and 
of course, the post-up frequency is exactly what you want to see for someone his size. So getting into a scheme where maybe the de- the defensive issues are masked because they do have great guards. And again, Harris is going to do a really good job protecting the ball. Had a nice assist rate last year. Didn't you know take too many bad shots, which is what you want, right? You want a smart guard who's going to know how to not sacrifice those points, how to get it to Hunter, who, you know, in terms of short mid-range was one of the most effective shooters in the country last year. Short mid-range, he was 99th percentile from shot qualities ratings, long mid-range, 97th percentile. And then, you know, the ones maybe that he went a little bit more to, he's 57th and 52nd percentile and at the rim and driving to the basket respectively in his 2023 season. I think, you know, it kind of had to do with when you played Michigan, you knew you were preparing for Hunter Dickinson at the rim. And now he's going to be a little bit more opened up because his supporting cast is going to be stronger. It's not just going to be like, all right, let's just go stop Hunter Dickinson. No, you have a lot more to deal with. It's going to be Big 12 basketball at its finest. I'm really excited for this conference, even more excited than I was last season. And we saw how dominant it was as a conference in general. There's going to be a few teams added as well, most notably Houston. Don't know how much Central Florida is going to be able to bolster the conference, even though they themselves are a relatively solid team. It's just one of those things where when you're going up against the Oklahoma schools, you're going up against West Virginia, you're able to go down the list. That does make it very difficult, as we do have Justin Perry, who does great work over at Chalk Quality Bets, joining me right here on the podcast. And Justin, what I do want to ask you about with regards to Hunter Dickinson is that there was a lot being made as to where he was going to be going. There was some hoopla as to whether or not it was going to be Maryland, Villanova, back to Michigan, what have you. And there's an old saying that I was liking this to when I was hearing about everything, that there's no player in college basketball worth more than five points to a line. And I want to get your thoughts on this, because with Hunter Dickinson, because he is going to Kansas, I don't think that he's north of a five-point player or anything like that, but... I do think that if he would have went to a certain team that would have been a little bit more downtrodden, some like a Hunter Dickinson, someone who is able to take over a game, can be worth a little bit more than five points to a line because I know that there's always that just phony debate that would never, ever happen. Like, if you put LeBron James on the worst team in all of college basketball, would they be able to make the NCAA tournament? And the worst team in college basketball against the best team would be like north of a 35-point difference. I'm willing to believe if you put LeBron James on that team, they would no longer be a 35-point underdog, and they would be much less than a 30-point underdog. But I do want to get your thoughts sort of on that topic, just because I do think that there are some players that can be worth a little bit more than five points to the line. And if Hunter Dickinson would have went to a certain school, that could have been the case. I agree. It depends on where, right? It depends on, I guess, the difference between the level of the player and the average level of the competition. In my opinion, obviously going to the Big 12 is a little bit different than if Hunter Dickinson went to the MEAC. If we, all of a sudden that uh, UMES is, has Hunter Dickinson on their team and, and they're playing against like another small school, then it's going to be a very different scenario than if you know he goes and joins Kansas and he has to go against the talent that now Houston and Baylor and all these big names are going to have and big bodies to defend the rim. It's a lot of pure like league-wide talent or conference-wide talent discrepancies in terms of like how big of a impact one player can have to me and I think that you know we often see the players who get media attention often be given that proportionally in terms of impact in the line and that's very very often not true right a player's impact is very rarely 
like correlated to their media uh, narrative frequency. And Hunter Dickinson's in the media a lot. He has a you know popular college basketball podcast. They do a great job like connecting college basketball players to fans. I love I like round ball a lot, honestly, for what it does. But at the other end, it's like it's the Ewing effect, right? It's like what this this large amount of media attention and fan interest for one player does not correlate to them shooting up, you know, a whole tier in terms of how good of a team they're gonna be. Dickinson's gonna be a very, very important piece and I'm sure he's gonna get a fair amount of usage, but yeah, I don't think he's a five-point shift on anything you're looking at in terms of Big 12 play. Probably a little bit closer to like two and a half, three points at most. Yep, I agree with you. I do think that it's all about the level of competition because I still remember Chris Clemens back when he was on Campbell. If you would have removed him because he was averaging 30 points a game for the team, in my opinion, would have been worth a little bit more than five points to a line. So I always do think that that's a fun little topic to discuss and Justin, there has been a lot that has been happening in college basketball, no doubt about it. Hunter Dickinson has been the biggest of these transfers, but we're a few guys are maybe a little bit more under the radar, not receiving as much love that you take a look at and you think that they are going to be able to make a big impact on their team. Maybe not to the love of a Hunter Dickinson or anything like that, but there's maybe not a lot of people talking about them transferring over them, making a little bit of move, perhaps being in the NBA draft that you think, man, that guy is going to be of impact. A big one for me. And we've heard plenty of these names already, but what Huggins has done over at West Virginia. I'm really excited about that team. I think obviously with Kirk Kreiser coming over from Arizona, uh, with Jesse Edwards coming over from Syracuse, and then I think they got Raquan Battle as well. That team is going to be very fun, in my opinion. Those are some bucket getters, uh, some smart players. I really liked seeing what Jesse Edwards did over at Syracuse, one of my favorite players on that team over in the ACC. 2.7 blocks per game and 10.4 boards per contest. The ACC isn't really too schlubby in terms of those types of rebounding players and only finished behind Baycott. So I'm pretty excited to see how that West Virginia team looks. Nemhard. It's going to be really interesting to see how he looks over at Gonzaga. That's a big win for Gonzaga. I was a pretty big fan of Tremont Mark, so I think how he's going to do over at Arkansas is going to be a pretty big determiner there. I like that Arkansas team. I think they always like bring it in terms of being a potential team in terms of like coaching and how they use like metrics to find good shots. I, I like Arkansas, so I think Mark should do pretty well there. Great defender, got the length. Hopefully, if his three-point shooting improves, it should be very interesting to see how he does and of course, kind of replacing him with LJ Cryer, right? That's going to be a massive one. Staying in the conference now, Houston is in the Big 12, as we just said, and LJ's coming over from Baylor. So that's going to be really fun to see his games against Baylor this season, Texas rivalry. So those are probably my biggest ones. I mean, I know those are kind of like some big names. And of course, we're all still waiting for Jordan Dingle. I think that's maybe the biggest one left. Yeah, with Jordan Dingle, I do think that that is absolutely massive. He was actually the number two scorer in all of college basketball yeah. last season as Number one, that would be a man that we're not going to be seeing anymore in Antoine Davis, which I was always fun to watch him, though. Didn't really result in a lot of wins for Detroit. It's going to be interesting to see the undertaking that they take. But that said, I am very interested to see where he goes as well as joining me on the podcast. We do have Justin Perry. He does great work over at Shock Quality Bets. And I know you were talking a little bit about this as well, but with the Big 12, I do think that even though there is going to be a little bit of realignment with this conference, I still think that it is head and shoulders. The top conference at all of college basketball, you were outlining Houston, West Virginia, a pair of schools that are over there with Kansas. And I'm not sure about you, but I just view the difference between conferences. And I think that once again, the Big 12 is not just the top 
conference at all of college basketball. I think it's by a relatively wide margin. And I think yeah. the big question becomes right now, which conference is number two? Because I take a look at the rest of the conferences. The ACC's bottom is still bad with the Pac-12. You got some improvement from Cal, but not a lot of other schools have done a lot this offseason. And the Big Ten has been very dormant in the offseason as well. I'd probably go Big 12 number one, Big East number two, and then you fight it out for number three here. I'm fully with you. Big East has got to be number two for me right now. That number three spot's going to be quite the battle for us all season to kind of figure out how we feel about it. You know, obviously the American is losing Houston, so they're going to sort of fall off. And they did pretty well. I think the SEC, honestly, is who I would probably put my money on to be that number three behind the Big 12 and the Big East. I think that, you know, you're still going to see a pretty strong effort from teams like Tennessee and Alabama and Auburn. Like, these are teams that perennially come in and, and, and do what they do. I think the Alabama, obviously, you know, Brandon Miller isn't going to be around. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does. And Kentucky should still be a powerhouse. So, yeah, I think it's probably the SEC. If you had to ask me who's going to be, like, jockeying with the Big East, if, yeah, I would take the Southeastern Conference. I think that, you know, we, we hopefully see a little bit of a, a resurgence out of teams like LSU and Mississippi State who had down years. You know, Florida's gone, but it should be pretty interesting to see how they get this done. Yeah, but I think that is going to be really interesting to take a look at the SEC this season as well. And I think the biggest key for the SEC is these schools just continuing to bring in a little bit more shooting. Like, I take a look at Dalton Connect, who was very solid at Northern Colorado, the way that he was able to just be a bucket getter in general for them. I think that he's going to be able to make an impact over at Tennessee. Alabama bringing in Aaron Estrada, which first time he went up to the power conference level didn't go so well for him at Oregon, but I think that this time around, he's a couple years older, he's a couple years wiser. You should be able to do a relatively solid job there, and I think that that's really the key for the SEC, because the defense was very much on point with a lot of these teams. They just did not have any guys whatsoever that were able to make shots, and if they're able to find that in the transfer portal, I do think that there's a lot of SEC teams that could take that stride forward. I agree. It's going to be very interesting to watch that conference. It's going to be pretty open in terms of who can sort of like get this chemistry rolling within their non-con schedule and, and try to like steamroll in the regular season. I think that's the most interesting part about college basketball with the transfer portal. It's like you don't get that same like chemistry that we, I guess, gotten very accustomed to in my life watching the sport. It was very much like for the first like 10, 15 years that I watched college basketball. It's like, okay, this guy's been here for three years playing with someone who's been here for two years. Like transferring was rare and now we sit here and we watch transferring happen so often that I think it's just, you know, a little bit less about like developing culture and being more acclimating and getting guys up to speed with whatever culture actually is able to stay as there are so many moving pieces now. So I think the skill set for coaches has become a little bit different. So I'm really excited to sort of continue to evaluate these programs' ability to make these adjustments and these roster transitions across seasons, which are pretty drastic, and, and try to take them and make it kind of seamless so you don't feel that, you know, your lead score is gone and, you know, you have two p- returning players or three returning players, maybe. It's just very different. So I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a new challenge. Shot quality honestly gives us a nice edge over the rest of the market, especially early in the season, because, you know, we've been shown to be 
more predictive faster. So I'm really looking forward to the start of the year. I know our model actually like won the majority of its profit in the beginning of the season for both the last two years. So the data kind of does back it up. But I'm really interested to see how our numbers show these new lineups and rotations to be working so that we can sort of pounce quickly and try to beat the market to the true evaluation of these teams. And it is always so interesting to take a look at some of these schools as well, because I know that there are a lot of books that they utilize Kempom numbers, what have you, but we know that Kempom numbers, they do utilize a lot of past seasons data as well to try to be a little bit predictive. And when you've got like a new coach in there, when you've got a bunch of new players, it can cause for some herky jerkiness. So I do think that there are a lot of early edges to be had. I know that you guys did a great job with your early edges last year. And Justin, I know that you guys over there at Chalk Valley Best are doing everything evenly possible to make it a even better 2023-24 season. That is always the goal for all of us. And I know that you're hard at work taking a look at college basketball, but also doing a great job on the NBA and MOB front. So let the good people at home know what's on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Greg. Obviously, so fun to join the podcast, talk a little college hoops. I miss it. You know, it's like we're so far from next March. It stinks. But definitely focusing a lot still on NBA right now, trying to, you know, hold on to every last drop of basketball that we can. And we have a great new player props model that we just released about two weeks ago, about, you know, five to seven plays on every single game and doing very well, releasing our favorite plays over on Twitter. So if you want to go, you know, see what it's like, see what some of our plays are, go follow us over at Shop Quality Bets on Twitter. We post our top plays during the week uh, from each game. It's been very successful, been having a good time doing I think it's very interesting to sort of see how, you know, expected performance lines up with real performance when players are overperforming, underperforming, just trying to sneak in a couple extra points of value on these lines and then win long term is the goal. But yeah, doing that and then baseball when I have time, but really still trying to focus on making these tools over at shopqualitybets.com as powerful and profitable as they can be. Absolutely. And Justin does a tremendous job with it. All the folks over there at Shock Quality Bets are doing an amazing job taking a look at the game that we all know and love. And they do it all 12 months out of the year. And every single time Justin joins this podcast, I feel like we get a little bit smarter. So big thanks to Justin Perry over there at Shock Quality Bets for joining me on Coast Coast Soups. Now part of the Visa family podcast. And if you ever have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNRS41. Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe it does not matter. As per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear via that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. Regular season, off-season, what have you. And hopefully within the next few weeks, the transfer portal is able to slow down a little bit to get started on some conference reviews. And I will chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.